0: Hey everyone, welcome to the first ever episode of Genesis Theory. For those of you who are wondering what Genesis Theory is about, please check out our intro video. It's really important that you guys uh, learn about the mission and vision I have with Genesis Theory. Moving on, our first ever guest has a super interesting background and his story is something all of us can learn something from. So this guest, having been fascinated or rather obsessed with entrepreneurship and businesses from an early age, started his own product development agency, which was focused on helping entrepreneurs build and launch software products, with his two other friends during his sophomore year at Babson College in 2016. Unfortunately, this entrepreneurial stint was short-lived with him and his friends being forced to shut shop in 2018. His desire to learn and his boundless curiosity has allowed him to pick up a plethora of skills in the tech domain, including but not limited to him being a uh, self-taught full-stack developer. He is currently a CFA Level 2 candidate and a portfolio manager at Blue Ashwa Capital, where he's focusing on deal analysis and working with the portfolio companies where he helps them with business development, etc. Please welcome the winner of Money 2020 Hackathon and my good friend, Arpit Bansal to the show. Kaisa hai? Bas so, so just FYI, the point of Genesis theory, like I mentioned was to, you know, sort of bring not success into perspective, but the entire process that goes into it. So taking the first step and yeah. those initial steps. So that's why I'm sort of interviewing people who have just started off or, you know, are somewhere in the early stages. So you're, you're someone who's of course finished his entire uh, first uh, stint at entrepreneurship. So Short this is,
1: yeah.
0: yeah, a, a small <laughs> stint, but a really interesting journey. I've been through some of it, not all of it. So no. anyway, uh, starting off, let's sort of roll back the years. Uh, what sort of, you know, got you pumped about starting your own uh, business? When did your, uh, I want to become an astronaut moment become uh, turn into I want to start my own uh, business?
1: That's a good question. Um, So actually, I did want to be an astronaut for a long time. (laughs) Then it turned into aeronautical engineering for some reason. Um, And then actually for the longest time, I I kind of wanted to study engineering. Um, I don't know if it was social expectations or I actually wanted to study engineering. That part is still unclear to me. But I do remember that I was, um, it was something that I wanted to do and, and, you know, build things and whatever, but I hadn't really given thought to, um, business really. One thing that I was sure about is I didn't want to do CA because my whole like family extended family, there's always, at least there's like a couple of people in each of my extended families who was a CA. So I wasn't into that. So I wasn't really thinking about business in general. I, I think I, the moment where I realized that, um, this would be something fun to do that I would like to get into was um, I, I think it was somewhere in I want to say um, 10th grade uh, when I was when you went for that summer school program Back yeah so back I was back from school for holidays at home and I was thinking what I want to do in the summer after 10th grade and I remember uh, I was going back from the airport and I think my dad was in the car and um, he, had a be- he was basically asking me like, what do you want to do 11th and 12th, you know, the, the usual conversation. Now I, I think I, at the time I was, I was into engineering and I was like, you know, that, I'll, that's what I'll do. And I think, and again, I'm paraphrasing here because I don't exactly remember what he said, but it was something along the lines of, um, the conversation continued and ended up with him saying that uh, you should think about business. Uh, and the reason being that with business, you can, well, the way he explained it is, if you would become an engineer in let 's say a specific field you you yes you will learn how to build things, but you will end up being one engineer amongst a sea of engineers and uh, The possibility of making larger social change is much harder in in those kind of roles if you really want to drive change in the world, um, figure out how you can pull together resources and and bring people together and use their talents and work with them so that was essentially what he had said but then the the I didn't fully understand it until I did the summer program um, at, at Babson, Babson. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I I think that's that's what it really clicked. Is, uh, you know, this is, this is fun. I get to work on uh, cool things, collaborate with people. And yeah.
0: So let me sort of, uh, you know, uh, go back to that point where you said, your dad said you should, uh, you, you'll be an engineer amongst a sea of many hundreds of other engineers, mm-hmm. you know, being in India and everything. But uh, one of my friends uh, back in Boston, when I was having a conversation with him, when I was telling him that, you know, I'll be moving back to India to start my own thing. He mentioned something similar. But what but what he said is um, the reason he started, uh, like he, the reason he chose business school over engineering was because he saw his brother become an engineer. And that sort of, you know, engineering sort of gives you a really structured and logical approach towards everything. So whatever his brother tried to do was always bound by this box. Okay. It it didn't sort of, uh, you know, allow him to paint outside the lines, uh, think about different possibilities and everything. I don't know if that sort of uh, relates to what you're saying, but uh, it just, uh, what, what your dad said about you being in a sea of engineers sort of to- uh, took me back to that moment but yeah uh, and,
1: and so i think that's a part of it too but i think i think there needs to be a balance and that's what i'm realizing now i think if you were to ask me like back then that was the mindset and that probably convinced me at the time you know being able to explore and, and build uh, the concept of business and i think the environment of apps and, and I, I don't know what it was, it was at, at the time that convinced me but now you know having been through the let's say the business education and still keeping alive my interest in sort of, let's say, computer science or engineering, I do see that you need the balance, because otherwise, you, you're left with sort of a lot of uh, in you're left with good intent, like you want to do things, but then in terms of the hard skills, or I think you need that logical thinking as part of business to really make like, you know, uh, some concrete steps towards progress. So I think a balance is required.
0: (laughs) Fair enough. So uh, let's go back to the part where you mentioned Babson Summer School. So, how how did that sort of uh, convince you that this is something you definitely want to do? What part of that summer school taught you that okay, this is something I'm really interested in? What sort of got you curious?
1: Okay, so let's see. I so one one part is definitely the environment, and I think this is true generally of of Babson. Yeah. I think the environment that there was the first time that i I was in a place where learning was part of the experiential process and because up until then it was always learning in a classroom and sort of giving experimentation, exams. Yeah. fun whatever was always separate so I was, you know that was a difference, but for the first time it was fused where I was in a room full of people first of all who wanted to be there that 's a big difference between being forced to go to class. and yeah. get people actually flying all around <laughs> across the world to attend something. So there's yeah. that intent. And I think, then the, yeah. the kind of conversations and the first my first exposure to this kind of thinking where we're not, uh, we're not just learning something because it's in the curriculum, but we're learning something because it's exciting, it has some applications in the world and the, the people teaching us had the experience of building value through yeah. business. And, it was that hands on approach. So, you know, in, in the summer school, we had to sort of form teams and come up with an idea. And w- now it seems pretty standard red right? pitch competition. But yeah. at the time for me, it was so new, because we hadn't been
0: through that process ever.
1: Exactly. Yeah. So to, to come up with the concept to collaborate with folks that I, you know, just met, and then take all those ideas and convert it into something that you can present. Um, that could you know potentially create a lot of value and sort of thinking about the different aspects of the different problems you would have to solve um yeah I, I i think it was the creation aspect that i anyway enjoyed all my life what essentially the creation aspect is what wanted uh is why i wanted to i guess maybe do engineering and i mean once i realized that the same part can is also does also exist in business i think that's where um yeah i would say that's the one of the reasons. Uh, why i decided this could be a fun thing to explore and the other other reason that i have to mention is that growing up um sort of part of my week weekend regular weekends there would always be people who would come over uh come, come to our house because you know my dad used to invest yeah. on the side and there is this one spot in our, in our old house um next to the window it's like this one cushiony spot where always the entrepreneur, someone whoever was pitching the idea would sit there, It'd be my dad. And then my dad would always have, like, want me to sit. And at the time, I was like, what am I doing
0: here? Like, I just want to go down games. and play. <laughs> exactly.
1: <laughs> but, but I think it was when, when I combined those two things after having gone through the summer school experience, and then realizing that all the conversations we were having in the classroom, I had heard before, or I had, you know, I had I sort had of these conversations. Yeah. Yeah. So it's all sort of connected. I think that's, uh, yeah.
0: So for me, I saw massive change, uh, after like pre summer school and post summer school, I saw a massive change, uh, in high school and I'm going to explain uh, exactly how, yeah, with you. Okay. So for those of you who don't know, uh, Arpit and I went to the same high school. Uh, so we've been like friends for the longest time. So yeah, uh, I, I'll start off with that, Presentation you gave about your time at Babson, and that was one of the I don't things. Don't even remember that. <laughs> so basically, these six different pillars of entrepreneurship you talked about. One of them was spiritual spirituality. That's the last one, I think. And that's what I remember. But after that, you uh, like me, you know, sort of seeing you working on these creative things that you that you just mentioned, like uh, writing your own book.
1: Um,
0: uh, trying to you know do something with laptops with uh, the with Arpit Uh, and just those sort of things and then trying to get into programming just learning different things so that sort of like from afar I could see that that summer uh, school experience sort of uh, lit this fire in you that uh this you know desire to learn something you were extremely curious about a lot of things after you came back Absolutely. so i think that that was the point where i started you know thinking that oh this entrepreneurship thing seems pretty cool but i was always into football so nothing really <laughs> topped that uh, uh you know sort of uh, excitement for me you. yeah it's come full circle yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh Yeah, let's uh, fast forward, you get to Babson and uh, I, so just, you know, two seconds uh, before you get to Babson, I remember you being confused about whether you want to go to Babson or not. So why is that? Because you were getting to go to this place which sort of breeds entrepreneurs.
1: Yeah, no, that's, that's definitely a real dilemma at the time. And it's not like I got into so many colleges where I had an option, like, <laughs> but I, you know, I, I still had to, still had to decide. And the decision at the end of the day was actually still between doing engineering and then business. Yeah. And which is why I, I think the summer school, it didn't fully sort of change my mind. Um, I was still sort of debating which one I should do. Um, and I think eventually what I decided was that, well... I think there's two aspects of the decision for me. One was the familiarity when I knew that, I guess maybe if I would picked something else, I would have walked into something with the clean slate, not knowing what to expect, but at least with the I knew what to expect in a positive way. That was one. And the other thing was, and maybe this was sort of um, a mindset rebellion from high, high school, or I guess boarding school, just having been in an environment where we were sort of, you know, structured institutional, in institutionalized institutional environment. Structure. Yeah, I wanted to be in a place where I could sort of do whatever. And like I said, paint outside, outside the lines. Yeah. <laughs> just, I, I really wanted to be in that gray area and I could yeah. play around and do what was exciting. And I think those things in combination. Um,
0: yeah. And plus you you figured out really towards the end that this was sort of a combined course between the engineering school and the yeah, business no, school. Yeah, the, another, yeah.
1: another big reason was the how close Olin College of Engineering yeah. was just the campuses were connected so I knew that I'd be able to take engineering
0: as well which so. would not
1: have been the case I had I gone to an engineering school trying to find a good business class. Exactly yeah. so
0: yeah. anyway you get to Babson and like you said the environment played a huge part when as soon as you know uh, my earliest memory of uh, you know sort of our first interaction in uh, in the U.S. Um, I went to Boston University, for those of you who don't know. And uh, our first interaction, you were already talking about, you know, going to these startup events and everything. So I think that sort of speaks volumes about that gray area that you were talking about where you just wanted to explore. So that also, you know, takes me to this other point, which I mentioned earlier on about taking that first step, going from zero to one. So, is it because you went to those, you know, events? Is it because you went to that hackathon for your 18th birthday? Were those things the first steps towards Jin, your startup, or was it after that?
1: Okay, so I'll backtrack a bit to tell you how now in retrospect, I think how it all came about is it all sort of started um, the summer before I we were all going to college. So I was, you know, all finally done with school and ready for the next phase. And for the first time, I was like, okay, now, now I have something set. Let me try and use this summer productively. What can I do? And I was like, okay, there's, I had obviously been exposed to some of these online um, education portals, but I, I hadn't really fully committed to any of them. I remember this one day and I, I wish I remember the date because it was literally like a, a, a pivotal day in my life, which was, I, I remember going to um, uh, Udemy.com and I was like, you know what, like I want to learn this. So I, I remember typing it in. And it was like, I typed one, I, I do like basic web development or something like HTML, PHP, whatever. And... This whole list of results came back. I was like, "Wait, there's people out there who want to teach this to me for like (laughs) ten dollars." I was so excited, and I remember at that day I must have bought at least six or seven courses. So I just I went went on a shopping spree. spree. Yeah, yeah, I went on a shopping spree for different courses, and I was like, "This is amazing." I have like I had basically enough content to last me the whole summer, and I that whole summer I just spent like learning the basics, whatever I could, and it was like the first time this whole world opened up to me. Uh, because we, you know, I'd used technology up until a but never really seen under the hood. And I remember when the first time I was on a browser and I, I sort of opened the console and I sort of made it print something or I changed something on and sort of it was like the first time the excitement. The yeah, so exciting. And so, so that happened. And then when I got to Babson, I think I first of all, I met some really interesting people and I continued on my journey of, of learning technology in whatever way I could and a part of that learning and meeting people was to go out to these events and and make full use of it because I knew that if I just spend time on the academics on campus that would not I would not be taking full uh yeah you it's know making use of time. that entire
0: opportunity that you have yeah yeah exactly but I think I missed a step actually you Started learning. You met these people, and I think I won't call this a venture, but the first thing you guys did together with I think your co-founders at yeah. was Seema and Gabe yeah. was you guys starting that uh, code club at Babson. Yeah,
1: yeah so and, actually it was. Uh, yeah, so actually, so many things happened in the first year. I had I had gotten to Babson, and I was obviously making some friends. And I remember. Um, telling people uh and that is really not a technical campus. like barely yeah. anyone knows what programming even is right so i was like one of the first like, very few kids out there was like telling people hey like this is something that i've been learning like it's interesting and you know met some other people who were interested in the idea hadn't done it much but were interested in the idea so that's when i became you know friends with the with See, and Gabe, who yeah. eventually turned out to be you know my co-founder of the company and they also were really into this concept. I remember Wasim was the first one to introduce me to the concept of a hackathon. And I was like, I, hadn't, I had never heard of it, but he said, it's just 24 hours you go there and you build something. And that's, as you mentioned, that was my first event, you know, just landed in the US first <laughs> month in, I'm in Vegas, a big event, <laughs> hackathon. I know, I know barely anything about computer science, but I'm there and I really saw the thrill of, of building and, and, you know, solving problems. And a part of that, to sort of bring that back to Babson we decided hey like it would be cool to have a place to do this structurally and we decided to start Babson's first ever tech club Babson code as part of that Um, Yeah, and you know it's still going so we sort of left (laughs) the legacy left the legacy yeah
0: Yeah. that's pretty great and uh, so (laughs) uh, tell me about the summer where you guys decided to take the next step in terms of you know, okay, we're doing this coding thing together. Why not,
1: you know, monetize
0: it? Start yeah, my so, start our own startup
1: Yeah, so it was actually uh, so the it was in the second, second year, so sophomore year, yeah, sophomore year. When we decided because the first time we went to the hackathon, we barely knew anything. So yeah. we couldn't really gauge is this something we can even do ourselves. But then we spent that whole year sort of just building up skills and all of us were learning different aspects. And then it was when we had formed the um, um we had formed the club we had created a whole community and the second time around when we went that was the time we won the hackathon yeah and when we came back we had this sort of comfort and confidence that hey you know this is something that we act, actually can do it, it's not just a, it's not a concept it's uh you know we've tried it we've, we've done it somewhat we wanted to uh, bring it uh, back and see if we can help people uh, build. I yeah. There's a lot of people who wanted to explore something in this space, but didn't know where to begin. Um, didn't really have any sort of guide because Babson doesn't really have that technical um, aspect of the education. So we thought this would be great, you know, for us to work together and build interesting products. And along the way, meet people who, are, you know, building businesses and hopefully build a network that way. That was sort of the idea, and it was essentially. So we uh, we came back from the hackathon October 28th, um, 20. Sixteen, um, and we had registered the company. I think the next day or something.
0: That's so, brilliant. Why, uh, what, what did you name the company and why? I mean, why I mentioned the was, name, but I I don't think yeah. the viewers would have caught
1: it. Sure. Yeah. So the, we well we went through a bunch of iterations. The initial names were horrible, as every company. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so we eventually landed on Jin, and uh, the, the 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 name actually was suggested by Wasim because Jin is um. The there's a, the root of the word is is an Arabic word and the word the original word is spelled with a D uh, that as a prefix so it's DJINN and Jin uh, in sort of I guess in, in that culture is supposed to be like a I wouldn't I guess a spirit um, a spirit of disruption in the sense okay. that and it it actually has slightly of a negative connotation it's like uh, for example the way we seem it to us was Let's say you have like a a glass of uh, water on the table and it falls over, and, or something happens, and then I guess colloquially people will say oh, the gin did that. So it's sort of that disruptive, playful spirit, and we combine that in, with tech so disruptions. Our, yeah, yeah, yeah. Our translation was disruptive in a positive. <laughs> that's, that's
0: the name. Yeah, it's a it's a brilliant name i uh when, when you told me the explanation i i instantly you know sort of fell in love with it that you know it's it's genius it sounded <laughs> good but you know um what was that first point where um, after you know sort of setting up business where you guys you guys were like okay now this is real we've we've started we got money for this what was that uh first uh, project the
1: first project was actually we um we helped a professor, uh, with his website and it was a nutrition professor on, on, on campus. Uh, Mr. Frederick Opie, I remember first time and, um, it was a really cool guy. He, uh, I, I had actually, I was taking his class at the time and, uh, yeah. And, and I think uh, what, what had happened was he was struggling with something in, in class. And I remember, I, I think I went up to him and I was like, Hey, you know, this is something that you know, would you like me to help you with? And that's when discussion started and we had just started formulating, how could we make this a process? You know, because we had no idea how the software business worked, at least the software services business. So we were just kind of learning and yeah, he was the first client. We helped him build a, I believe it was a a Wix website. I think, and yeah, like very basic stuff <laughs> at the time. We only knew, like, we knew a little bit, but it was still like basic stuff. So that was, I think, it was we like a $500 project, and that was huge money for us. So, wow!
0: Really good stuff. So that was the first uh, big project, your big breakthrough. Yeah. So I mean, I don't know everything that followed after that, but I do remember, you know, sort of visiting your first office space in uh, near Newbury Street in boston oh
1: dude that was yeah you visited the final yeah so was, i know uh, the nice first one was sort
0: of in the basement of uh some dorm or something yeah, yeah. i i've i've been to that as well so yeah. what, what uh like just you know sort of take me to the through the experience which felt you know which gave you the satisfaction that oh shit okay now we have our own office versus oh shit we have our big office which one was better
1: no to be honest every step was uh a really cool milestone for us because everything was a first. Right? Yeah, you know, first, first startup, first intern, first office space, first project. Um, yeah, it's like, uh, literally, uh, everything we were doing was exciting at the time. And we knew that we were, we were doing something that was that was fun for us. And we just, we were just, you know, part of the journey. But yeah, there was there was a certain point where Things became a little more, you know. We realized, yes. okay, this is, yeah, yeah, this is what we're doing. Um, and I think it was when we started maybe doing some of the slightly bigger projects, and we had to figure out, okay, how do we ensure high quality work um, while not um, getting too involved in the operations of? So we wanted to figure out, can we can we run the business in a way where, we, you know, we're able to build a network of, of people who can help us build, and we are there to sort of make sure the project happens well. And and then the main the main thesis behind the company, we didn't just want to do a software agency because that is a very traditional business. There's lots of business businesses out there that, that do that. But
0: software consultant. and yeah yeah then, the thesis yeah. we
1: had was actually well a couple of things. One was we realized that the talent is global. Yeah. And there's people around the world who have skills. And then we realized that there's a whole suite of productivity tools that are coming up. Slack at the time was, yeah. kind of, you know, the new becoming, thing. Yeah, yeah, it was a new thing. People were getting mm-hmm. used to it. A lot of other tools. Zoom wasn't really a thing back then. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and and then we realized, okay, is it possible to to build a network of of developers and designers around the world who we could bring into our network and build with them? And I think when we started doing that, is when we realized, okay this is something we're actually building a new concept. And it's not just here's a project, we spend time coding it and delivering it, it was that, that the birth of a new concept is is when we realized, okay, this is getting serious. And you know, it'll take a lot more work to build this infrastructure.
0: Yeah. So basically, to break it down into steps. First, it was you guys just, you know, doing the projects on your own coding through the week yeah. and then delivering them. Then the next step when you move into a bigger office space when the size of your projects increases, you guys sort of scaled up your operations in the sense where you created this global talent pool. And, yeah, uh, and
1: actually Yeah, I I would say we actually started we realized that we would need people like very early on. Um because in the first few projects that we did spend time coding, we realized this would be well, you know, at the time we didn't know as much as well. So for us to deal with so many issues, we would just spend so much time on something that we shouldn't, and it wasn't productive. Would, yeah, and yeah, it happens. Someone who's, yeah, who's, someone who's more competent, someone who really knows what they're doing would would be able to do a better job. So even early on, we knew that that's something that we wanted to do. Um, and yeah, and, and if, eventually realized, okay, how can we get the, the highest quality people? So then we started reaching out and building a network. But yeah, it was definitely a, a journey of realizing how else can we can we get uh, better delivery and build a better infrastructure.
0: I think that, uh, this is really interesting, the, the the thing you mentioned about, you know, being unproductive towards these problems. So, just, you know, talking about problems and stuff. Uh, when, I, it's, it's not that you don't think about those problems, it's just that, uh, I, I don't know if this has been your experience, at least it's been my experience. Uh, early on when I launched, um, I think in April, uh, my only problems were you know fixing the bugs, making sure the bugs were fixed, and the users were sort yeah. of you know enjoying playing on that. but now the scale of problems has changed now it's about you know okay what's my burn rate every month okay, when will I need funding those sort of things so yeah. is, is 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 this something you relate with did you did you guys also go through something similar or
1: yeah i, I think I think it's a natural I, evolution is um, our our worries initially used to be, hey, we've got to fix this line of code, <laughs> right? and then eventually it turned into, hey, we need money for this month. To make right? And that, I think those are two are very different yeah. problems, equally important in some sense, yeah. but definitely very different problems. And yeah, it was an evolution for us. And uh, you know, I, I think um, early on we didn't we didn't really think of it. We didn't realize what it means to run a business. So we were so engrossed in the actual. Core of the Knitty product yeah. experience, and then eventually we realized, okay, to actually run a company, there's other things you have to think about. Yeah. <laughs> definitely. Yeah, <I'm> yeah. <laughs> That's what happened so,
0: to me as well. So you know, um, office one, basement office two, good building on Newbury Street, and then the entire sort of uh, shutting shop fiasco happens. The, saga. the entire, yeah, the entire saga. So, I mean, it's a, it's a pretty long drawn out saga. I, I, I wouldn't want to, you know, ruin the rest of your day and take you through that, but just, no. you know, <laughs> sort of the key we'll takeaways. Take
1: episode.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so just the, you know, sort of key takeaways that, uh, during the two years you guys ran the company, what was, what were the biggest, you know, things you learned from good and bad first, the good yeah. ones.
1: Yeah. So, well, the good ones, um, definitely would be uh, it, it pushed us to to be uncomfortable with not knowing something because constantly we would walk into meetings and sort of learn about a new concept and over time we learned how to carry a conversation even though we might not know the minute details of the executing what was discussed so that, that's when i realized that uh, it, it built it builds a lot of confidence at least it built a lot of confidence for me to be able to walk into a meeting and project that level of understanding Constant, yeah yeah and then go back and you know do my homework as well it's not just fake confidence i yeah, would yeah. Then study up and you know get better and better so definitely that level of being constant constant improvement yeah, yeah. learning yeah so that was definitely one big positive. positive uh, second one would be um i would say the in terms of a hard skill would be you know getting much better at collaboration and um, learning. Well, here's here's a big plus, which I'm s- still using now. And I think I'll continue using um, for a long time is the skill to break down um, a concept into its what's the word? The, bare minimum, individual components, yeah, yeah. Like the, the first principles of how this concept can be built from the ground up because we would we would get into these meetings with people who wanted who had an idea for what they wanted. And A lot of these times most people didn't have the nitty-gritty details of what that means so you know someone would sit down and say hey like i'm looking to build um a restaurant payment system or let's say for example we had a client that wanted to build uh a food recommendation engine and then you know for food critics and food lovers to be able to get sort of netflix style recommendation engines and the, the process that we learned over time was to take a concept like that, which at surface level is is, is very broad. It's very broad right? yeah. but, but then the skill to ask them pointed questions and say, Okay, if, if that's if we assume this is what you want, what does this mean? What does this mean? How will this happen? How will this happen? Why do you need this? Could you push this? Like, so breaking all of it down into the individual components, because that was a necessary part of the process. In terms of the technology but i think what what i'm realizing now more and more is while at the time you we were doing it to get down to the technical understanding yeah it's actually the same process any good critical thinker has to do we even um, trying to understand the business model concept to be able to probe probe them ask the right questions all of those skills i'm still using so that was another big plus and then i would say the well, I think in, in the sum of all the parts, it was a great positive learning experience. But there was a lot of things that that we did wrong that um, we could have done a lot better one. Is a, what was the
0: What were the mistakes?
1: Yeah. Well, plenty, right? I, I think. I'll yeah, of course, plenty.
0: Case. But I mean, a lot of them just, you know, sort of fall under the same bucket bucket. Yeah. That's, so yeah, that's true. what would be the big ones that sort of, yeah, you know, if I were, taught you if I were
1: to give you the big categories. Um, uh, the, one, the the biggest one would be having well being very considerate about the people that you work with and, and, and bec- because I think um, I think it's very easy to to get into discussions with people who want to work with you and you know in the beginning everything is really it feels like everything will work out but I think now the honeymoon phase mistakes, the big mistakes we had made uh, was we hadn't we didn't really feel the level of uh, at least we didn't gauge the level of um, compatibility in terms of value systems. Yeah. Right. And because it's not so much yes, skill of your co founders and that matters at the end of the day as well. But when you're dealing with situations that are incredibly hard emotionally, you need people who you can, you know, rely on. Yeah. Rely on, confide in, and I think that was um, that was a, the key learning because you know s- some of that dynamics really went wrong and yeah um, yeah that, that was a good learning. Uh, this the second thing was um, in terms of this was more of a, a hard skill that we lacked at the time, which was finance, because what. You know, going back to the the earlier discussion we were having, which was, you know, how the problems evolve over time. It started with line of code, and eventually into how do you make payroll. But yeah. th- the we never reached the final evolution of that, which is business strategy, and and realizing how can we make this a sustainable business in terms of financials. I think we we really overlooked that part, and that you know came back to really hurt us at the end. Um, understanding what it means to have sustainable cash flows, how to keep cost minimal. Um, how to do accounting the right way? How to do compliance the right way? Um, how to make sure that you know we we understand that the value to cost ratio is really working out, and how do we collect payments from customers and make sure to protect our downside? A lot of those core components we had absolutely no idea about, and yeah. I think we we there was also no way for us to know. Uh, other than having gone through the process, because even though I went to business school, I took accounting classes, I took finance classes, unless you're in the situation, it really like case studies are different, right? Because yeah, the event credit happened. doesn't come to
0: your mind when you're stressed. Yeah,
1: no, and, and I think one of the big differences is that a case study in a case study, the events have already, have already happened. Yeah,
0: exactly.
1: So you're, it's it's really easy to analyze in hindsight, but in the moment is when you I guess you have to be really cognizant and really self-aware to analyze what's actually happening in the present moment which we didn't do at the time that was the other big learning i
0: would say so you know sort of to the people who are not just starting off in the field of entrepreneurship but anything that it is let's say they want to get into sports let's say they want that dream corporate job what are some things that you'd suggest that would you know help them take that first step
1: so I've always let curiosity be my guide. I mean, in, in everything I do. And I think the in, in a, on a macro level, the curiosity would be what do you want to do? So for example, you're saying, let's say someone wants to start a business or get into a sport. The curiosity at the top level is the sport or the business, the concept. So I think most people have that level of curiosity. But I think what's incredibly important after that is to is to have the the curiosity at the lower level, which is and when you could, when time comes to convert this into something actionable. For example, in in a, in a sport, it could be the the skills that you need to play the game well. In in a business, it could be again the skills of building a business. In in technology, it could be skills of building technology. When it comes, so basically, to being things, being
0: obsessed with each and every detail, right from. Yeah. The sport itself, in general, to what goes into sort of yeah. learning each skill, learning uh, everything that there, you know, that's available about the sport. Yeah,
1: and it's 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 a journey deeper and deeper. Yeah. and I think that you have to learn how to focus because I think we all want to be generalists and we want to know everything. It's a really hard thing uh, to do, and I, I think the best we're seeing now, and we see it again and again it's all about uh, how focused can you get into one thing? Because there's so much to learn. Yeah, that you're much better off, you know, diving into something that really excites you because yeah. bottom line is once you if you if you get good at one thing, if you get really good at one thing, you're better off than knowing a bunch of Being, other things which yeah, you might okay, have everything else. About. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think that might be another reason for people feeling paralysis of what do I do? Being it's overwhelmed Yeah. Well, because they are at the surface level. And on the surface level, it's the ocean seems immense, like there's yeah. so many things that I could do. But then once you start diving into things, you say, okay, then you start dealing with the one step at a time, you say, this is my current challenge, the next challenge, the next challenge, it's a lot easier to tackle things that way than to see the whole bunch of things that in out in the ether that you have to do. So, um,
0: yeah, so three things you, you know, sort of like to tell Self-starters or whatever to take care of when they're starting.
1: So one, I would say to is to ask yourself um, why why are you doing this. Yeah, and 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 this is something actually I realized the answer. I guess <laughs> there's no realizing the answer, but I, I I came up with another reasoning for myself, which I currently believe in as well. Is that and and this is a saying that is said a lot um which is sort of do what you love and you're working but i think the way i think about it um is the way i'm going through things now is i'm I'm looking at everything as um like a, a a fun project that i'm embarking on and then as part of doing that fun project there's different ways it can manifest so for example if if if, if one of the fun projects I'm doing is, or for example, let's say I'm interested in the field of, um, for example, technology, right? So say computer science, for example. Now, one way to go around it would be to say, okay, uh, computer science, this is what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna go to school for this. I'm gonna do this, this, and that, and sort of plan everything out and know that I'm gonna work with this company. And it's like, that's a very specific way of doing it. But then, and and this is the path that I, I, you know, I, I used to be on, which is I used to plan out. Like if, yeah. if this is the end, the ending of my storyline. I need to walk this path. Yeah. And sort of, I had created a narrative, which is, I mean, which when when, when
0: yeah, when, when you reach a crossroads, it's it's hard to you know go back to that yeah, narrative. Yeah. Because
1: when but the, the moment of decisions yeah. when you have to deviate from the path, it's like it's horrible to make yeah. a decision. And I think it's the good part of looking at things as a journey of of working on different projects is you allow yourself the creative freedom to go to take a deviation and then come back to what, what you were doing? Or maybe not. Like, I, I think it's like, then the it's in in short, the, the thing I've realized is that have a, a broader goal in mind, like that, the things that you want to achieve the things you want to explore, but don't commit yourself to this. Particular Fixed part, yeah. yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, that's that then goal important. matters, but not how you get to that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And,
1: and I think everyone has a different way of, of, of getting exploring. There yeah. Yeah, and which is also probably why um, actually this is a good segue to the second thing, second uh, suggestion or, or, you know, my experiences that don't try to emulate someone else's journey. Because that again, connects back to the first one is, uh, let's say there's someone who you really look up to and you know, an entrepreneur, or a sports person, whatever, and you might have, you might have obsessively read about their, their story of their life and how they became successful. And then the biggest mistake there is to, is to think this is the way to get it done and this is the way I shall go through my life. Because then what again what you're doing is at that point you're not even creating your own narrative. You've yeah. taken someone else's Adopting narrative. Adopting someone, someone else's narrative. narrative yeah. yeah. Sort of a, a second narrative. Yeah. even worse than the first one. Um, so yeah. And it connects back to the first one again is that you
0: do might, what feels right to you. There's no sort of one way to get to there.
1: Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you you have an end goal. But yeah, just sort of explore, let let the path take you um, where you want to go. And then, yeah, I think, um, let me see, I would say like, another thing would be the final thing I would, uh, I would suggest is to is to, uh, yeah, the final thing I would suggest is that t- take, take the time to explore different aspects. And and because I think what will surprise people is how different things connect and unexpectedly, like um, for example, if if someone's in college right now or if someone's sort of you know doing whatever in their life, go out and do different things because it's it's amazing how things tend to connect back. Yeah. And the the you know we say you know a full circle. I've I've had so many full circle moments with the things I'm learning, the people I've met. So definitely so that the more exposure you can give yourself to different experiences, skills and people, the more of these random connections will form in your brain and, and the more that. you'll get to you know, sort of learn
0: about yourself.
1: Yeah, exactly. You get to branch out more yeah. and explore more. There's a, a really good um, conversation I had with uh Wasim again, a while ago. And this is uh, the reason I'm mentioning this is because it's a great uh, analogy of, of these three points, which is um, we were just talking about somehow uh, talking about like different philosophies and you know how he looks at life versus how i look at life and at the time the discussion we had uh i i was of the opinion that um that if there's an end goal in mind you know i i'll only pick up the skills and you know things i need to get there which is the the narrative thing and yeah. i Basim was of the opinion that he would he would just put on a backpack and then he would go, he would be walking on a dirt road, and if he finds a pebble on the side, he'll pick up the pebble, put it in his backpack. If he finds something else, he'll go there and, and explore what that's like. And I I remember at the time I was I was like, but okay, but how how will you ever get anywhere? Like you might end up going in circles. But I think he said something along the lines of like, yeah, but like that's just how I am. Like he he's innately curious. He just wants to explore. And he was like, generally I know where I'm going, so I'll get there. I the think which is. I also sort of agree with him now, um, looking back. So that sort of summarizes my (laughs) suggestions, I guess my advice.
0: Okay, so you know, we are sort of towards the end. So I'll ask you this. Uh, What sort of uh, impact do you want to have over the next, let's say 10-20 years? Uh, So, not on the world but you know sort of in general with your life on any well, with anyone
1: okay so this is something that i've thought thought a lot about and i think now i the way i think about it is that i don't i don't think of it as a function of uh, sort of impact as a function of what i do i now see it as the the best likelihood of me having any impact on my environment is for me to do things that I'm interested in and things that excite me, so i don't even think of it that way anymore. The way I think of it now is if I just allow myself the creative freedom to do what excites me somehow or the other, I will have positive impact in the ecosystem or the world around me so. If we had, if we had this conversation a year ago, I would have you know tried to convey sort of an impact and change this about leave my mark,
0: this that yeah. yeah
1: I, I, but now again with the same philosophies, I just looking at things as a fun project, just seeing where my curiosity takes me, and then once I find something that you know is is the project worth committing time to, I'm sure some way or the other positive impact will be created. That's that's my current life philosophy. So, yeah.
0: What does zero to one mean to you? How would you interpret that?
1: Uh, zero to one, uh, to me, it, it it means two things. It, I, it means bravery and clarity. Um, and 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 the, the the what I mean by that is that there's there's like okay, so the the way I look at zero to one and, and one to I guess n is zero to one is that level of um, it's it's like looking into uh, chaos and then finding signals and and creating something tangible so something manifests from an unstructured chaos and those are sort of the, the disruptive ideas and that's what i mean by clarity yeah. and clarity is is the, is the part of sort of receiving being observing the world realizing something new uh, that makes a lot of sense in hindsight, but maybe not at the time. So that level of observational skills, the clarity, and the bravery to then implement that. Uh, and I think that's why those the zero to one concepts have a lot more value delta than yeah. the one to n. Exactly. Because,
0: because, yeah, because you, zero to one involves not only you finally getting into execution mode. No, I mean, this is my interpretation. Sure. It involves not only you getting into execution mode, but it also, you know, sort of, challenges you emotionally mentally by by you know forcing you to get out of your comfort zone by shifting the sort of trajectory of your life
1: yeah
0: and just you know doing it just starting with it and not thinking about it anymore because yeah the ideation phase of anything whether you're waiting to you know you're just applying for jobs thinking about applying for jobs just thinking about you know i'll i'll uh learn this skill, learn this skill, I learn programming is like zero, but you actually going to Udemy, buying the course, and then starting that course, that requires dedication, that requires discipline. And that's, that wasn't you until you started yeah. doing it. So that's the zero to one change for me.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Those, those that uh, first step, uh, and I think at least the, for me, curiosity works really well for me to yes. move from any zero state to one state curiosity has always been my flip, uh, my switch, I guess. But uh, for someone else, it might be um, competition. I'm yeah. not really that competitive kind of an individual. So for me, it's not the thought of beating someone else that gets me yeah. from zero to one. For me, it's my own curiosity. So everyone's got their own, yeah. uh, I guess, flip drivers, switch, you yeah. have to find that Yeah. for you.
0: Perfect. All right, bro. It's yeah. been fun. <laughs> uh, even I'm learning so uh, I mean, yeah. I think we did pretty well, but of course we'll have a better one once I'm used to these things, and when once you've 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 you know pretty much uh, gotten a better haircut and uh, shaved your (laughs) hair, just well (laughs) have a better background. But it's fine, man. It's fine.